0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to our second episode of the Meteor Monthly Spotlight. Today, we are joined by our friend Eric Omeg. So Eric is from the United States, is a former Washington State Senator, and the technical co-founder of Boom Learning. So his company flagship product, Boom Cards, is used by millions of students around the world. BoomCard specifically as well, built solely on Meteor. And they have been hosting with Galaxy and Meteor Cloud since 2014. So we're very excited to have Eric here today. I know Felipe has so many wonderful things to say about Eric and what they're doing and how they're building with Meteor, just from having them be a part of the community over the, the last few years. So welcome, Eric. We're very excited to have you.
1: Thank you, Elias. It's nice to be here.
0: So I know we even you know, starting us back and forth in the last few weeks, we did have a lot of questions to run through. So we do have tons to talk about today. So we're really excited to dive into them. But before we get into some of the more technical questions, if you could give us just a general overview of Boom Learning and Boom Cards, Eric, I think that would be great for people to have an idea kind of what we're discussing today. Yeah,
1: sure. I'd love to kind of set the table. So we're a platform where teachers create all of the content we don't make any lessons, we don't do any content ourselves. Teachers crowdsource all the content, and then they market it and sell it to other teachers. Students log into the platform using either native apps or the website, and then play this dynamic, digital, really engaging, compelling, culturally relevant content. I know you guys are based in Canada. So let me just drop in a quick anecdote, right, of just the kind of wonderful things that grow organically out of our product. Turns out in Canada, teachers have to teach French. Many of the French teachers don't speak French and they use boom cards to get French Canadian recorders from native speakers that they can use in their classrooms.
0: Yeah, you're definitely right with that stat. The majority of provinces do have the French here and I come from a province. I was born and raised in Ontario and Ontario is very bilingual just because it is right next to Quebec, but... I moved to British Columbia um, about 15 years ago and the stark difference between the French Canadian community in British Columbia is vastly different from Ontario. So definitely understand that that's a a necessity and having two parents that are high school teachers as well. I'll just mention right off the bat, this is such a unique thing. And I want to kind of accent that because from what I know about the tech space and just having parents that are teachers It's such a important thing for teachers to get resources from fellow teachers. It's really difficult to receive information and guidance from someone who isn't in the teaching landscape. So this is such a unique product and something that I think, you know, is really exciting for the teaching community, not only up here in Canada, but down in the States. So
1: Elise, I want to just with two teachers, you know, or both your parents rather being teachers, Mm -hmm. maybe emphasize that point, right? So in the US, 50% of teachers leave the field within five years. And in Canada, it's about 30%. And what do successful teachers do? They realize that when you're in the classroom, it's not just about, here's a textbook and imbue all the kids with knowledge. Successful teachers are building up historically these boxes of content and worksheets that they got from their mentor teachers. And so Boom Cards has now digitized that instead of kids practicing on yet another boring worksheet that has to be graded, that might be handed back, that eventually might give the kids feedback. They're now doing these interactive worksheets where the feedback is instantaneous, self-grading and the reports are very actionable.
0: And I know from firsthand, from- Parents being teachers growing up in the 90s, the amount of paper that came home, the amount of notebooks that came home, like it was quite a bit. So now that there is actually something like this in the world, I'm sure the environment is doing a lot better and also teachers everywhere are probably a little bit more organized.
2: Yeah, my my mother, like Felipe here, my mother is also a teacher and on her garage, she she has like a lot of books, a lot of like everything, like it's too much. I say, oh, we need to throw at least part of this away. No, but I mean using it. Like, I need to share with others. Like, I need to. So, like, I think, like, cards is really great because that could save a lot of space for (laughs) garages everywhere. It's a great product. Yeah.
0: Okay, so let's maybe dive into some of the technical aspects. Can you give us an overview of your current tech stack?
2: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So,
1: our tech stack, we're built on Meteor from day one. We are hosted... On Galaxy, we use Atlas hosted by MongoDB. We use a Redis done by Redis Green to do our buffering on oplog tailing, which is a wonderful, wonderful product. And then, because we have so many users scattered around the world, we've kind of plumbed out a lot of the pub sub magic and replaced it with RPC calls, and then cache those calls locally and we use Blaze for the front end, and there was a great community port of Ionic called Meteoric, and so we grabbed that, and we've forked most of the packages that we depended on, like that Meteoric and Slingshot for working with S3, but we're Meteor top to bottom.
2: Eric, could you tell us, like, what are you using Blaze? Like, what is, is your, like, expectation? For the next feature, are you still going to build on Blaze or do you have any plans to migrate away? Like what you can tell for the community, like what's your experience like using Blaze in a real product, evolving it, how is it working for you?
1: Blaze works great for us. We have no intention of pulling it out. You know, users don't care what technology you build. They don't care what language you're using. They care about the features and that it doesn't crash and that it performs well. So Blaze has served us great. There have been incremental changes along the way that have been wonderful. We've also kind of gotten a little bit smarter about some of the design patterns we use with Blaze. All the engineers that come in, none of them have ever seen Blaze before. And they go like, what is this thing? And then they're like, oh my God, this is beautiful. It's so natural. It's so easy. And they all come to enjoy it. So,
2: Yeah, I was asking and I didn't know the answer, but I was expecting like probably this answer because we have many users that have been using Blaze for many years and they are not using Blaze just because they started with Blaze. It's just because they like Blaze. Like They have a good production performance and they also, it's very easy to learn. So even if you hire someone that's not familiar with Blaze, if they know HTML and they know JavaScript, they basically know Blaze already and they just need to learn like a few tricks with like room and the helpers and that's basically it. So I think that's a good advantage, right?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And you know, quite a few years ago, maybe five years, I'm not sure, there was this notion like we're going to deprecate Blaze and you have to switch to something else. And so we kicked the tires around Vue and React. And we're like, again, there's no reason to change. It just works. And then with the recent investments in Blaze, all the better.
2: I also love React and Vue and these other technologies, but... My recommendation nowadays is like if you have a team that is not so familiar with like front-end technologies, maybe the best option is to choose Blaze. So you can just use like pretty much base HTML and JavaScript, and you're good to go. You don't need to spend like many hours studying new technology, So it's really great for this type of developers. Of course, if you're already no React or if you're already no Vue, these are going to be the best choice for you because you are familiar already. But I think that's really nice. I also would like to talk to you a little bit about how you did in this optimization, if I understood correctly, when you migrate some of your subscriptions to RPC, when you say RPC, do you mean like you're using more methods or do you have some custom code that somehow is doing these remote calls? What do you mean by RPC?
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. RPC is just language from way back for remote procedure call. And we just, do that on meteor.call. So we're just using the meteor stack there and we get uh, there again, it's another piece of magic, right? Because we get um, sequential processing of calls that you can just count on unless you unblock, right? So that's a great mechanism for us to use, just to make those direct calls to the server to fetch some data. And I'd be happy to do a whole blog or a webinar or, you know, session sometime on just Meteor performance. You know, in the nineties, I did uh, Windows NT performance and then the Outlook team hired me to do performance tuning on the Outlook product. So it's in my DNA. And there's some kind of fun stories just about performance because, you know, I always use a metaphor of like, take a table sitting in your kitchen and you start loading it up. And you can put lots of things on the tables. Great. And at some point it starts to sag and the legs get a little wobbly. So you have to build around there to shore it up. And pretty soon now the problem is the surface area of the tables, not big enough for the payloads. You want to stick on it. So you build out the table a little wider. Pretty soon it doesn't fit in the room anymore. And so that's the changing nature of performance tuning. And so what worked great when we first launched, we used, the APM monitoring religiously. We looked at what performance was happening on those pub subs, um, you know, in terms of, you know, number of documents and changes and change notifications. And we went, we always just went for our top five or the top 10. And we said, great, those are the ones that are getting converted today.
2: Yeah. And it's really nice to talk about this because I see a, um, Common misunderstanding because people sometimes, and your table analogy is great for this, people sometimes believe, oh, Mitter is very magical, and it really is. But of course, that has a price, right? Because if Mitter is computing a lot of differences for you, tracking your database chains, publishing to the client, everything for you, of course, Mitter is doing some work in the server. So sometimes people don't understand this trade-off, that if you are delegating a lot to Mitter, of course, Mitter is going to consume a little bit more from your server, header than if you are just trying to get some data because it's a different workload and your table analogy is perfect for this right because if you're putting a lot of things in the table of <laughs> course you need to have a stronger table like stranger, whatever right, to right. to be able to run and i i can tell about like boom cards because i see the performance charts many times already with eric in the support and like the boom, sh- boom cards you have like great performance like i can say because i see many applications every day and you are one of the best that I ever see. Like, do you have any insights that could be a short insight, like not a huge blog post about it, but do you have any short insight, like when to, one thing that you believe it's really good to every mutual developer to have this or or it's more like learning and checking the worst one and try to improve it. Do you have anything to share with us?
1: Yeah, so, okay. So here's what I would say to anyone who's kind of new or ready to switch and start scaling. So my first big surprise, and this one's a really naive one, it's a funny one. And I've logged on this one before is just Meteor.user is a function call that hands you a user. And for whatever reason, I just was under the impression that that somehow was a fast, lightweight call that just, you know, somehow had a cached user. But if you think about it, everything in the user doc, except for the underscore ID is mutable. So every time you invoke that call, that's an RPC, a remote call to the database, and it fetches the entire user block. Now, Media Group recently improved that call so you can actually pass a fields parameter to get less of the data, but we were just willy-nilly calling User all over the place because, oh, I need a user, let's just go grab the thing. And once we started looking at APM, we're like, what the heck is going on here? And so then we harvest all this out. We only use call for user ID, which isn't an RPC, when we can. And then when we do fetch the user block, we get just what we need, and we pass it down to any of the helper calls further down the chain. So we don't end up making three to five database calls for the same data blob in a single method call so that's just one that you know kind of jumps out the other one is like redis oplog, that package done by cult of coders get it in there immediately it's just a beautiful thing
2: yeah just and i agree like theodore team did a great work in this package and just going back to the user because that was also a lesson that i learned many years ago that when you are getting data in the server like you should always select the fields, not even just for the user collection. So when I'm reviewing code and I see some code that's not going to send to the client, because when you send to the client, maybe it's hard to track which fields are going to be used. But mm-hmm. if you're just going to using the server, you must select the fields that you need, because usually it's very easy to see what are the fields that we are really going to use. And that's going to save some load from your server. Yeah, but I think it's enough for a performance talk here. Yeah. But I, I, I believe that you could have a, maybe a special podcast just about performance or a blog post with you because for sure it's going to produce like amazing content around it. Yeah, great. Thanks. Yeah, And I just
1: agree, like anything you're doing for both security, performance and privacy, minimal data sets are very important.
0: Well, speaking a little bit more about performance, this is a little bit, little bit of a sidestep, but I think it's a really good question to ask right now. I think, you know, we've asked this question a few times in some of these podcasts that we've done, but I think it's very different in the education space for this year specifically. But could you explain how your growth was during the pandemic and how Meteor Cloud helped with that process?
1: Yeah. Let me kind of give a little bit of background. So when the pandemic hit and we're a online digital learning tool and people are being sent home, there's this fun story thing that happened that was kind of the first catalyst for our growth, which was a language specialist. And these specialists do typically one-on-one work with a student, right? For learning recovery. And their whole business is turned upside down. Like, wait, what? I have to do this remotely. How do I do this? So one specific specialist holds a zoom webinar and that thing went viral and i believe it was in march of 2020 and the word we heard later was that that had set at that time the world record for a zoom webinar and this specialist is explaining to you know 50,000 of her colleagues how to do education in a pandemic using her favorite tool boom cards so if you can just imagine all of a sudden we were the I told you in in Canada we're the French tool of choice (laughs) and all of a sudden now we're the language pathologists and the learning specialists tool of choice for this remote learning. And then April hit and then may hit and every month. There was some kind of new, like, Oh, by the way, here's this tool that fills the gap. And then you asked specifically, you know, how did galaxy help? And it helped every stage of our company's growth right? We don't have to hire folks and like, I pay people to make my problems go away. And so what I pay Meteor to make my scaling and my server's problem go away is a bargain. We doubled our container size, and then we started running like 20X the number of containers. And we could just do that overnight. And, you know, if we hadn't laid all the foundation beforehand, that wouldn't have really worked. But because we had the great tools like the monitoring and we could see how new deploys were working, it was great. But there are so many, I I think a lot of companies that hit this weird growth curve have some interesting stories. Like we started using up our Google Classroom login authentication uh, accounts. So it's like, oh, panic, Google give us more login credentials so our kids can continue to log in. But literally I thought of everything. I was convinced there was nothing that was going to bring us down. And the Achilles Hill that got us, if you can believe this, was because signups were coming so fast and we send them a welcome mail and a verify your email mail. We had blown through our email, we spark post, And we had exhausted our burst loads and our, you know, whatever they were willing to auto credential us. And so I happened to be checking server logs one morning and I'm seeing all these asserts throwing. And I'm like, ah, our welcome emails aren't going out, right? So, you know, thankfully they actually answered the phone and we had that turned on in like 30 minutes. I have to give Philippe credit. We'd been talking and before Galaxy had done the auto scaling with triggers, we had a little robot that sits in my office. It was a mission critical app that ran every day and made sure that we got the machines up. And, you know, never mind the fact that at some point we'd say, hey, we want machines. And I think it was an AWS problem. We couldn't necessarily get the machines for five or 10 minutes. And so we started going, okay, we're gonna ask for the machines earlier and ask for them in bulk. And I had tweaked the robot and went to bed and I'd sent a note off to Philippe at night, and he got up in the morning and he's looking at my email. He pops in and looks at my dashboard and sees that our robot didn't fire off correctly. Our servers are thrashing under immense load. And he just auto scale. Well, he clicks the update button, added 10 new servers, and says, by the way, and I'm just like, oh my God, you totally saved our bacon.
2: And that was like, I was just checking the email and I said, oh, let me check that. But it was like, oh, I know it's going to work because Eric's robot was working like really, really nicely for many years. Maybe I don't know how long. And I was, oh, that is weird because the Eric's server is never that loaded. And so I am going to add more servers. Maybe Eric's going to be mad with me because I'm just like charging him more because he's using more servers. But I, it will work for a try because at least the servers are going to be stable. And thanks to God that that was the right move. But maybe it could be today a very angry client, like, oh, it just make me spend more money. But that's not the case. It was a good move.
1: No, that was actually the email you said. You go, I just thought I'd do it and ask for forgiveness later. And I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Saved my day. Absolutely.
2: And that's also like really nice that you highlight like the triggers. Because just like this week, we had a call with a client that, oh, maybe I should, I could save some money and people are not using triggers sometimes. And then, oh, you can use triggers so you can save a lot of money because when you're running the night, you can just scale down. And, and sometimes you need to explain this too. There are the docs, there are videos about it, but it's good to highlight that you have it this way that you can scale up, scale down. So you just pay for the servers when you really need it. So that's a really nice solution. And I, I mean, repeating myself here, but like, I built this feature like in the first months that I was working for meter because I was using like my own robot also previously because it's really important to be able to scale up and now and that can save a lot of money for business. So so that's important for us as well. So that's a really nice feature.
1: Yeah, that's actually how I got to know you, Philippe, was um, you were building that feature and we were exchanging yeah, notes yeah. about <laughs> how it could work. Yeah, that was great.
0: I'll just mention it off of that as well just going back to growth during pandemic, because you are right. Like there are specific companies that had an accelerated amount of growth this year, depending on the industry that they were in. One call that I just want to make is teaching in a regular day, in a regular year. And I'm biased because my parents are teachers, but it is such a hard profession. And during the pandemic to have something like this for teachers, I know there are probably thousands and thousands of teachers that are very thankful for you guys and, and the work that you we're providing to them during the pandemic. That's my one and only call out there, but shout out to teachers this year for all their hard work.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you, Elise. And, and, you know, to that point, right? This is a passion project for me, right? I've done a lot of tech. I've worked with big companies like Microsoft and little startups here in the Seattle area. And when I was in the Senate, I was all about improving public education and the quality of schooling and the teacher is the most important ingredient in that classroom to help those kids and a lot of ed techs are like oh we can replace the teacher we're going to do something machine learning or these whatever lessons and we partner with the teacher we listen to the teacher and we're clawing back time for the teacher so we can get rid of the monotony and the things that drive them crazy doing the reports and the grading and that's what forces them out of the profession And we're letting them replace that time with the connecting with the kids and what drew them to the job in the first place.
0: Definitely. And teachers prior to tools like boom cards, it would come home with them every night. And it's for a lot of time, you know, even myself as a kid growing up, my parents were doing lesson planning every single night. They both taught for 35 years. So this is definitely an extremely valuable thing for teachers. And like I said, I think there's probably a lot of people that are very thankful for the work that you guys have done during the pandemic. I know you did mention as well, throughout your growth this year, you experienced a little bit of hiring on your team as well. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. When we think about um, all those weird things that happened during scaling up, customer support tickets started to explode as well. And so we did a hire, then we did another hire. And one of my business partners going like, do you think we've hired enough? And I'm like, no, you think we need another one? I'm like, no, we need another three. And then you know, a couple weeks later, we need another three. (laughs) So the one place I was slow and I did a little experimenting and I I hired a contractor to bring in several engineers at once. And I don't necessarily recommend doing that. I've never liked using outside contractors. And so we're hiring in the U S but because we're hiring during the pandemic, everybody is remote and that's just how it works. And what's great about that is right. We can draw talent from everywhere. And we're a Microsoft Teams organization. And so sadly, we don't find many people who know really anything about Meteor. But like I said, when they come, they love it. And we're just always looking for smart, talented engineers to
0: add to the team. It's a bit of an outside plug, but we recently launched a Meteor job board as well, which we can put in the link below because we kept hearing the same sentiment. So we do have a Meteor job board, which I'll put the link in the description below. But you can post a job posting for free for 30 days there to look for meteor specific developers and engineers. So that's something that we have moving right now and a resource for anybody who wants to take advantage of it.
1: That's wonderful. Thank you.
2: Just to complement what Eric said, that it's really funny when you usually like if you promote a position using Meteor, even if you don't have like Meteor developers ready, But when you find like very good, like Node.js developers and JavaScript developers, usually the feedback that I receive, if I promote like some kind of testing using Meeture, they have like a great experience. Like, oh, I have never used Meeture before and it was great to do this test. I'm going to continue to study Meeture even if I'm not hired for this position. So like we should do a better work and we are trying to always improve the way that sends the word out about Meeture so more developers can try it. But when they try it, they have like a very good experience. And you have some people in the community that sometimes they are moved to a different project that is not using Mitchell. And they usually go to my private message channel in, on Slack and they start to complain, Oh, I'm not using Mitchell every day anymore. I need to get back for my old project. So like we have a lot of people, but usually they are already working in a company. So it's not like very easy to find these Meteor developers. But you should like use this new job board that we are launching. I think we are going to send an email to our clients to promote more this job board. And you should drag more developers to the Mature World. And I think they're going to love it. Because that's the feedback they receive all the time when I'm trying to hire someone that's not using Mature. When they try for the first time, they oh. That's really possible because usually in the JavaScript space you need to plug a lot of technology, you need to install a bunch of stuff. And Meteor is different; you just install Meteor, and that's it. You are ready to work. So we should bring more attention to this as well.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know what, what we do when we hire an, an engineer is we tell them to go through the generic Meteor tutorials first. And what we hear very quickly is like they're working, and then. Now all their little side projects, they're doing in Meteor too, right? They're like, oh, I love this thing so much. So I wrote code for you all day. And then at night, I, I pr- crack out Meteor and do my side project.
0: We love that. We like to hear that. I mean, hopefully your productivity hasn't gone down, but we do love like yeah, to hear right?
1: that. <laughs> yeah, no, all learning is cumulative. So yeah. hey, whatever they're doing on their side projects to get good patterns and things, that's just going to help them.
2: I have a question for you, Eric. Like, it's a mix of like the hiring part and also like the future for your company. Like, what are the next steps? Like for Booncars like, are you looking for developers because you need to improve your features, or are you planning to have new features? What is your idea for the product?
1: Yeah, so we're not quite ready to take on Apple, Google, or Facebook yet. But what are we doing? We're the ultimate renewable human capital is these kids right and learning so we're really invested and we have mindshare where we're in those classrooms or at home the parents are thinking about us the teachers are thinking about us the kids are begging for more boom time and so we want to pivot off in all sorts of directions and our teachers have given us a massive stack of great ideas And so we want to handle all of the growing pains, but, you know, pivot into all sorts of wonderful directions.
2: Yeah, as a developer, I would be really excited because in this phase, like when you have like already a product that is good and you have this space to try to create new features or try to create a new product, like in the same line, I think it's a very timing for developer, very exciting times for developers where you can show a lot of code and you can develop a lot of code, you can present ideas. And I know Eric because I'm working with Eric for, uh, I think, more than almost two years now. And Eric is always trying to, like, improve things and try to promote, like, oh, this is a nice idea. And also this exchange of knowledge, it's really nice with Eric. So if you are a developer and you are listening to this episode, you should try to talk to Eric. I think we are going to put some links in the description because it would be a great environment because he's like a teacher. So you're going to learn a lot about mature and developing general.
1: Wonderful. Thank you, Philippe. I appreciate that. I want to leave with maybe one story. One of our newer engineers wrote a feature for our editor. So if you can imagine where our entire platform is like a PowerPoint or a Google slides, but you know, better in many respects because we have these grading and drag and drop things that the kids interact with and so he put in this new feature and we rolled it out and facebook teachers were like oh I, my life is starting today <laughs> because we got this new feature and you know they're just the friendliest most supportive customers and it's really great when they can come up with an idea and we can ship it a week later and then they're so appreciative
0: and Eric, is this a K to 12 product as well? Yes. It is. Okay, cool. So for anybody listening as well, because the majority of our audience is developers, but if any of you know teachers in your life, it is end of summer. This is the resource for them. Make sure that you send it over to them because it will be extremely valuable for them moving into the fall. So that's your one task as our, as our listening audience. Please send this to all of your friends that are teachers. I think that mostly wraps the majority of our questions today, Eric. It was a pleasure getting to know you and learning more about Boom Cards and what you guys are doing for your community, even up towards Canada and our community as well in North America in general. Thank you for all the work that you put in during the pandemic and before that for these teachers and to be a valuable resource for them. And hopefully everybody in our community as well is able to share this with some of their friends, their teachers, so that we get more people using Boom Cards. But thank you again for joining us. It really was a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you. It was a lot of fun for me too. It was nice to meet you, Elise, and really always fun to chat with you.